0: When I was 25 and a half, I started a podcast, the goal to review some of the newest and latest movies, along with some other stuff. With the help of my guests, I was able to do this, but there were dark forces tampering with my podcast, and with me. They called it an improvised podcast for some reason. I eventually found help in the form of myself. Yes. The me from a universe where the movies I reviewed got delayed. Apparently, my podcast made it to his universe. I know now that it is my duty, for the good of that universe, nay, the multiverse, to keep recapping and reviewing these movies, to hold listeners over until they could eventually see the movies as they were made in their world. For some reason, they come out differently in my world, but it's kind of entertaining that way. My name is Steven Schindler, and this is Delayed Replay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast where we recap movies that came out on time in our universe because they got delayed in that other universe. I'm your host, as always, Steven Schindler. And I've got a couple of people joining me once again to talk about Halloween ends. So very exciting. Uh, First up, um, introductions are in order. First person, you may have heard him on last year's Halloween Kills episode. He's over at Fandom Empire on YouTube. It is Sean Giroux. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm great, man. My fiance and I today were actually joking around about... uh people messing up my last name all the time and you just nailed it. So way to go. (laughs) Nice.
0: Yeah. I I think it helps that like last year I probably asked how it's pronounced or maybe I heard it on IPC or something. I don't know. So glad I got it right. (laughs) Um, And the other guest, you may have heard him on some other episodes within the last several months uh, pretty much on and off throughout this year. Basically, it is Mr. Multiverse, also from YouTube. How are you? I am good. That's very good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into Halloween ends, listeners have heard how me and Sean got into the franchise, but how how did you get into the franchise, Mr. Multiverse?
2: Um, kind of like how I get into all franchises for some whatever damn reason i usually watch a sequel before i see the original movie and the first halloween movie (laughs) i ever saw what no really like i'll always watch the sequel. somehow i will like watch the sequel first and of of a franchise and then watch backwards or what was it like perfect example um i watched return of the jedi long before i saw a new hope
0: Oh, that's funny. And I mean, lots of people watched A New Hope long before watching the first three movies. Um, Okay, that's a lame joke. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Wait, so which Halloween sequel was it that you watched first? Uh, Halloween
2: 5, Revenge of Michael Myers. A really bad movie. (laughs) Rough. Yeah, that's rough. And then then, like I watched them out, out of order, like all of them I've watched out of order in one capacity or another. Um, throughout my life and I didn't see the original film until I was like ooh, I'd say 16. Michael Myers the character is probably my favorite slasher probably it always was like for the longest time Freddy but like for some reason Michael um, especially this bad timeline has definitely like renewed of why I think Michael is just a little bit better of a slasher character is probably because like for me he's just like this force of nature and these guys definitely get why, what makes Michael so scary. Just the idea of some guy just snapping and just, just going all out, just going out on a killing spree. Like that's just a scary thought to me. Like, cause that's, it's such a possibility. Anyway, I'm rambling.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's cool. Like uh, I'm often curious, like why certain slashers are people's favorites. So, Yeah, that pretty much nails it. Yeah, in our universe, we got Halloween kills last year, and it was full of, like, a lot of kills, and you had, like, that whole homage to the hospital sequence and Michael disappearing at the end of that. So what would you guys think of where this one picked up, like, how long after the previous one was?
2: I personally like the four-year time skip um at first i was like okay that's a little too long but like now it makes sense because four years like that's enough time for like allison to train and also it kind of gives us that like four years in a timeline that not only dealt with michael that dealt with a michael myers that essentially ravaged a town like an entire town that left it mentally scarred but also like deals with the after effects of like what happens when a, not just a killer murders his way through a whole city or excuse me, a whole town, but also that town's ramifications as well. So,
1: uh, I didn't like the four year time skip. I thought that, uh, the way the last movie went, I figured we would be picking up the night of, uh, like what was planned. And I guess the, uh, the creators had different things in mind and we, we took the time skip, but it just feels like we're missing something, you know, uh, considering how the last one ended,
0: yeah, it does make the trilogy feel a little bit less connected because when the first one came out and they said this would be a trilogy, I was expecting it to be all in one night, but it kind of did the like what other franchises have done, like Young Justice did a time skip and it did it in a really cool way. But here it's like, I don't know, it's almost as if they did it because they're like, oh, how convincing can present day cars be like well people believe it's still 2018 type of thing when really it's not that big of a leap so i kind of feel like they just made a decision that they really didn't need to make but i guess i digress no i'm completely with you
2: see i'm fine with it because well the original halloween 2 was also more of the night he came home but here's the thing at the end of the day there's only so much of one night like (laughs) yeah you're you d- you basically have people complaining, how long is nights in Haddonfield? Is it just like, you know, this winter, the, you know, the solstice or whatever? It's got to be that. Like people would just uh, here's the thing. No one would be happy. Like no one was going to be happy if they made it one night or if they time skipped to even like one year. So I came to peace with it even like real quick because, again, I kind of want to see more of it. Oh, Halloween kills open the door to what happens when you, what what happens to a town that kind of gives into their fear and anxiety and the ramifications of that? And I think ends really does that very well.
0: Yeah, I kind of get what you mean. So yeah, we talked about Allison's training. What did you guys think of how that was conveyed in the beginning of this?
1: Uh, I mean, I thought the training was okay, but at the end of the day, it's like is this Halloween or is it Rocky? You know, you <laughs> How much are you going to like how do you train? Like how do you prepare for for something like that? Um and and I don't know if there's a good way to make that look good. I know I sound very negative right now, but it'll change a little bit. I liked
2: it. Um it's a little more like again, Allison kind of well, we kind of see flashes of that in Halloween kills of her handling weapons and whatnot, but like at the same time, like you clearly see she was a novice at and even Lori, I really like how Lori kind of just trains her in all this. Allison brings up a good point is like, why doesn't anyone aim for his head? Why? Why hasn't anyone in their lives aimed at Michael's head? You know, we always go for <laughs> chest shots or something like that. But Lori brings up this whole thing of there is something uh, that Michael And it kind of does that kind of is Michael mystical or not? And it just kind of leaves it vague, which I actually like Um, rather than being like the whole, oh, it's a cult or, you know, magic or something. It's just vague. And she brings up there's something about Michael, like the mask when you look at it, it just kind of instills you with fear and you just cannot like want to look at it. So I kind of like that there's like a psychological warfare thing that there's a reason Michael wears that mask specifically because like it's like psychological warfare or something is it a little half-assed is it a little bit of heavy-handed or half-assed kind of writing of why doesn't anyone just shoot michael in the head but at the same <laughs> time i'm like it kind it like that makes sense of like it just kind of gives more to me at least it gives more what's the word i'm looking for like credence to the like the the, rever- the relevance of the mask you know what i mean
0: yeah i hear you um, yeah, the training montage was a little bit cheesy. It was set against a remix of the Halloween theme song, but to make it a little bit more like faster and upbeat. So it's like, yeah, fierce determination type of thing. But it, it, it like kind of took me out of it for a moment. And I even heard some people in the audience kind of snickering about it.
2: I kind of want someone to splice this song with Push It to the Limit. <laughs>
0: yeah halloween high school musical crossover when
2: (laughs) no no that what was was it a rocky song push it to the limit
0: rocky you have eye of the tiger um
2: there's a song called push it to the limit oh wait
0: okay yeah i know which song you're talking about now (laughs) song i was referencing (laughs) okay gotcha everyone's trying to be prepared for the next Halloween. Uh, they're they're kind of questioning why Michael hasn't appeared the previous Halloweens, because C- you got to remember, this is a timeline where Michael only struck, like after breaking out of the asylum, he only struck in Halloween 78 and then was put back in the asylum and then only struck once again Halloween 2018. So they're kind of like, huh, I wonder where he went, Uh, why he hasn't struck yet. Uh, What would you make of this, Sean?
1: Uh, I mean, he might have been doing the Frank Costanza thing, just going down to Del Boca Vista, hanging out for a few years before coming back and getting it back on. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, Michael acts at random, right? Like The best thing that they do with this is having him have no real motivation. And that's what makes him scary, as Tyler mentioned off the top. He's not like not Freddy where he has a goal and he's he's going to go do that goal uh, or even Jason for that matter. He's just random. It's random evil. It's pure and simply evil. And the idea that he comes back, you know, four years later, could have been seven years later, could have been nine years later. The important thing is it's on Halloween and it's four years later. And I think the idea that he waited some time would also make the characters. Um, And it did, in fact, uh, a little more paranoid because you keep thinking it's going to happen and then it doesn't. And then once it finally does, you're caught off guard. So like no preparation really readies you for the shape.
0: Yeah, this is kind of something I wish they had done with Halloween 2018 instead of having him in the asylum that whole time. But yeah, it is cool that there are kind of little hints here and there like. News reports of like like sort of hinting that he may have struck in these other locations across the country, and it's really random. So I do kind of like that. Oh, what about you, Mr. Multiverse?
2: I liked it. Um, it does give credence to Michael can just be ran- at ran- can kill at random, and I like that. It also really. Uh, and this is something I think we'll go a little more into. But like, I really like how in the in the movie they talk about how Haddonfield has just like kind of wanted to just not acknowledge Halloween. Like, they're they go on lockdown. There is like an an armed neighborhood watch. Like, that's something you would expect happen after something like that. After like, <laughs> you would imagine a a town would just freak out and just cancel an entire holiday for in you you know for its entirety for the for the rest of its history because one dude just took out a whole ass uh, fire department. And that was a start. I also like how they do talk about, are there a, like uh, Sean had mentioned, like um, is Michael killing in a different places? That just kind of adds to his mystery of is because again, they bring up and I like about in kills is that Lori didn't matter to Michael. He was, he she was just in his way. And I like that. Michael would just go to different places and kill random people and leave. That's, That would be something he would do. And I also like that there is like a (laughs) that Jason Alexander is in here playing like an Alex Jones of Haddonfield. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's (laughs) it's like we just can't escape George Costanza, you know. Um,
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's just go ahead and get into it. Like, what would you think of that Jason Alexander appearance?
2: I personally thought it was kind of weird, but then again, you know, Danny McBride and and uh, David Gordon Green have had comedy actors and and in their films. I mean, obviously, Big John, Little John, and in, in Kills, but here he's kind of like it's not obnoxious to an obnoxious level, but you already know. Oh, Michael's gonna just destroy you, and I'm waiting <laughs> because he just says some really off, like really, I. Uh, He's clearly supposed to be um, Alex Jones because he's saying like rumors of like the, you know, Michael Myers is like a socialist experiment created by the communist Democrat Party to kill. Could could you imagine that in Seinfeld of George Casanza going off on this rant?
0: Yeah, that would be really weird. It kind of reminded me of 2009 Halloween 2 when they all of a sudden had Weird Al in the movie. Like, it's kind of that level of sort of taking me out of it a bit.
1: First off, let's be thankful that this movie was nowhere near as bad as Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I'm okay with it because I love Jason Alexander and I've seen him in so many things. And and I mean, was it Criminal Minds he was in at one point? I think it was Criminal Minds where he basically played a a serial killer. And so, like, for me, he he fits in any genre. But I, I know when you look at him, it's hard to not think George Costanza and the tamales.
0: (laughs) Like, I never got that far in Criminal Minds, but I have seen the memes, and they do intrigue me. Like, I do want to watch those scenes that he's in. But then we get, like, actual Halloween night. People are, like, wondering if the shape is really coming. Like, is Michael here? Is he not? And the first place that he strikes is pretty unusual Uh, he strikes this waffle house uh during operating hours
2: it it's a it's a neat scene too because he just comes in through the back like he just walk. like it's i love it's like a distant shot because um it's allison whose car breaks down and she's trying to call uh lori but and you see michael walking past her in a distant shot and he just grabs a waitress who's throwing out the garbage and just slamming her head repeatedly into the into the dumpster and then he just drags her body as he opens kicks open the door and just basically tosses the body into the sink and then just grabs a knife and just goes to town in the in that freaking waffle house.
0: Yeah, it's definitely not part of this complete breakfast. Uh, Sean, <laughs> what what'd you make of the kills in this scene?
1: He kind of uh, you know just makes it his own uh, workshop, if you will. He's going going to work. He <laughs> he <laughs> remember back in kills he. He starts – I don't know if that's what he was doing necessarily, but he starts freaking stabbing the one guy in the back several times until he gets a knife he likes. Uh, I think there is room for Michael to be violent and in your face too. It doesn't need to be, you know, just in the background and in the shadows. I know that's what the original is based off, but uh, I like the fact that they were a little, um, dare I say, vulgar with this a little bit, uh, in your face, blunt. Uh, most people don't expect that in Halloween.
2: Yeah, I think my favorite kill in this scene is where Michael grabs one guy over the, like he grabs one guy over the counter, drags him across the the table and then goes into the kitchen where the white waffle iron is slams his head into it and just starts like holding him down as he's like screaming um, and burning until like Michael just grabs the top end and just slams it as hard as he can and just crushes the guy's head. It's completely inaccurate, but damn, I love me those practical effects.
0: <laughs> yeah, this waffle iron sequence—like when it was happening—it reminded me of that unused concept for Saw Two, where like one of the victims would have had to go through a waffle iron trap, but they decided to cut that out entirely. Michael is here, and he's like taking no prisoners. He's like just going to town with this bloodbath, and and like you. Guys have said it does feel very uninhibited. Like this is the kind of stuff I I'm used to with the Rob Zombie uh, stuff, not just Halloween, but with his like House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, where it is kind of more vulgar and nihilistic. And but it still feels like it's in the same continuity vibe-wise as the previous two movies and i quite like that then laurie and company decide that they like they hear about what's going on at the waffle house and then the chase ensues i guess you could say uh sean what would you think of like how this whole thing went
1: down and the emotions that they were conveying here i mean i think when you're running away from michael myers you're you're basically screwed (laughs) You could be in an amb- uh, a Lamborghini, pardon me, and, and Michael, who looks like he walks slow as molasses and yet finds a way to always catch people. It's almost like he has the ability to slow down time. I know he doesn't, but uh, it, it feels that way. And I thought the emotions were the, where they uh, needed to be. But, uh, I mean, there's a moment where they, they run the red light and very nearly get T-boned. So emotions can be bad, too. I think the one thing
2: I like is in this film is about lori's kind of like listlessness in here because after finding out and kills that her she didn't matter to michael it just kind of like is mentally mentally her again like she's back to like drinking and whatnot and i like that because it's basically like lori's whole life has has been around the obsession with killing michael but then to find out oh the guy you thought was obsessed with killing you just didn't it didn't he you were just in his way that's going to mess with you because you you basically destroyed your life because then it basically tells Lori it wasn't michael's fault that her life fell apart it was her own fault and she's got to confront that
0: yeah in a twisted way it, it's kind of like uh what did i not matter that much to you it, it's like the arch nemesis thing is only one-sided it's like they're not nemesis to the end like they like michael doesn't see her as being like an equal or on the same level it's like to him she's just kind of there which was kind of a nice little wrench to throw in there
1: i think the fact that they showed her you know be vulnerable and the fact that she did fall back down again and she went from being super prepared and super focused in 2018 to what happened in kills and now in this movie it's instead of writing her like superwoman or wonder woman or whatever I think they got it right. The fact that you know she's a little messed up in this movie, and it sort of cleared room for Frank to be the uh, the role model character, the leader of the group, and uh, and I thought that fit well.
0: Yeah. So the group dynamic is very. They're very determined to like end this, but also like, you know, there are moments where they're really scared and like are not sure what to do next. And you know, Michael is being very unpredictable as he tends to be in this continuity and. He even breaks into some random house and kills a couple and then just sits down and watches the TV for a little while. Um, did this feel kind of odd to either of you?
2: No, it just kind of adds to Michael's kind of like you can't ex- quantify what he is or, you know, the evil he is. It is fascinating that he's just it's it, that he just sits down and watches TV and it's just like one of those I find it kind of funny cuz it's it's just a picture of like a pumpkin uh like one of those YouTube videos where it's like ambient music for 6 hours. I watch those <laughs> to go, to sleep, believe it or not.
1: Me too.
0: <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Small world. Mm. And those work
1: for me. I have a I have a an under 2 year old who's a menace. Plus I I work and do all this stuff and uh the ambient videos definitely help. You can get some cool Star Wars ones though too where uh uh, it, it like sort of looks over Naboo at nighttime, and uh, you get different versions of the Star Wars themes playing, and definitely helps me sleep.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah, I've never tried that, but I used to um, to help me sleep. Like imagine my a favorite album of mine from like beginning to end, and it would work. At this point, they're trying to search house to house because they don't know where Michael is, and then when they discover him there. They're kind of taken off guard by him just sitting there. But then it kind of gets the blood pumping again when he turns his head really quickly to the window and automatically tries running to strike at them. How did you guys feel in that moment? Uh, I don't like the idea of Michael running. And <laughs> it felt we- like it didn't look right.
1: Them having Michael being uh, the one that gets chased for a bit was definitely the wrong direction to go.
0: Like, it kind of broke the formula a bit,
1: right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I will say, though, I like how they point out
2: that, like, again, kind of adding to that kind of mystery that Michael has, because, like, they bring up that, you know, Allison's mom put a knife through his back, deep in his back, and he still came back. He survived a fire. He got half of his hand blown off. How, like, there's something more to him. And he he's like several times too. Yeah. He got shot a lot. So, you know, Luma, as Luma said, I shot him six times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, in a bunch of the movies, like he gets bested different ways. Um, at the end of some of them, and it's like, man, how do you take this guy down? And like one of the characters even tries taking him down with an axe, but he he's just able to best them and use the axe against them. And he makes for a really interesting kill where I guess it's kind of a cliche, like the axe going into the eyeball. But like it was very it looked very real. I made some people very squeamish to see it, I guess.
1: It's one of those stomach turning moments. Yeah, um, like when uh, Big John got the knife in the armpit. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that this
2: movie, while it does like it's kind of funny because this movie does have a body, a major body count like kills did. And you thought this was going to be like, but it is still like a personal story because it is deal with the last two Strode family. And, and we get Allison really deals with the fact that Michael has murdered her parents both of her parents and it wasn't even like out of revenge for this against the Strodes. it was more like they were there and in his way it's the same thing Lori's dealing with rather than drinking she's burying herself in like her constant training even if she's like hurting herself oh like injuring herself over and over again even frank brings up the point of there's no point in fighting michael if you know you're just want if you just want like you and Lori just want to die i think
0: yeah it's that Old thing where when something is really getting you down you try to bury yourself in something you might be good at and that's pretty much what allison does here like it's kind of for better or worse like this is her attempt at her own therapy and like trying to take down michael is supposed to be this cathartic thing that could all of a sudden make everything better there is also like a fake out moment where you know they track michael to this other house where they're like skeletons in the living room and the characters think that they are real skeletons, but it turns out that they are like fake decoration ones and people walk in. It's like, Oh, we're just decorating. And then all of a sudden Michael comes up behind them and like starts stabbing at them. Like there are just like little surprise moments like that. That kind of got me. I don't know if it got either of you guys.
1: I think uh, this one, this whole film had some surprise moments. I think the first two kind of lacked the uh, the jump scare moments, and this one was definitely full of them, and done on a much smaller scale than the last one as well.
2: I will say that I've never cared for jump scares; it's a cheap tactic. Um, <laughs> and even with two, the two it had in this film, I was like, "You didn't need this. None of the Halloween movies needed this, so you don't need it here." Like, don't don't be the Conjuring movies.
0: Don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I've watched. Um... There are some good moments in the first two Conjuring movies, but for the most part, like that universe hasn't really been doing much for me uh, personally. But I mean, I guess I'll continue with some of those movies see if I find anything I like a bit more. You won't. <laughs> All right, fair enough. What did you guys think of
1: how Frank tried dealing with Michael in this movie? Going into the movie, I thought if anybody was to end Michael, that they, they would probably have it be Laurie, but that's not what I want. I've never wanted Lori to end Michael. Uh, and I, I thought personally, if they were going to do it, Frank would be the best option for it. Uh, that didn't end up happening. But at the end of the day, if there's a hero character in a horror movie, I, I would argue that Frank definitely plays the mentor slash hero role prominently uh, in this movie and is far more aggressive in this movie than the uh, prior two, although I suppose that's not hard when you're on your deathbed in one of them.
0: That's a good point. Like, lots of people have this expectation that, you know, it's that old slasher trope. The final girl has to be the survivor and take down the slasher, but they kind of allude to the possibility that this could turn it on its head. You know, as much as Lori has trained for this and she's become, like, the the Sarah Connor of this, I guess you could say it. you know, the, the what I like about this continuity is that it's trying to keep us on our toes and second guessing. And, you know, sometimes that'll work for some people, other times it won't. But uh, I quite like how they're kind of playing with those tropes, kind of trying to subvert them a bit or tease out the possibility of subverting them. I do like the idea that, Frank,
2: in this movie, when he goes to confront Michael, he basically tells Laurie, you know, you got to face the scariest thing you've never wanted to face, you know, being a parent, even if it's a grandparent. So he's basically like throughout the movie, Frank is talking to Laurie like, you know, maybe the whole reason you you obsessed over killing Michael was because you couldn't cope with being a parent. Like maybe deep down that was that was your real fear and you were covering you were covering that with your trauma. And that actually is like a like a thing people do. Like they're too like they'll use their trauma as like a blank a security blanket not to deal with other things.
0: Like it kind of reminds me of some of the stuff I see in uh the TV show Doom Patrol, like the way that they handle trauma and like family problems. And I really love how that show explores that stuff. And with these movies, it feels like it's not just slashing. Like they're trying to touch into a, like really trying to say something. And sometimes it might not work for everyone, but I do admire the attempt to do something like that.
2: He tells Lori, like, your daughter's gone. You're, you know, all she. Allison is all you have left and she, you are all she has left. So what's it going to be? Like, is the entire Strode family just going to die? Like, is that because that's what you're leading everyone to is like, you are basically ahab michael's your white whale but here's the twist the whale don't give a damn about you <laughs> <laughs> frank brings up this brilliant parallel between moby dick and like the relationship between ahab and and uh, the whale with her and michael because he basically brings up yeah the whale was just a whale like it just did its own thing ahab was the one with the obsession and it got everyone killed Sound familiar?
0: It always comes back to that parallel, doesn't it? Yeah. Was there a moment that you thought was like
1: the scariest moment in the movie? For me, the scary... I I don't know about... I've watched Halloween movies for so long now that like... And and I've grown to like Michael so much that it's like... I don't know if Michael Myers scares me anymore. I'm almost rooting for him in these movies.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's hard for these to scare me because it's like... I'm so used to watching horror movies that sometimes it's just kind of a guilty pleasure watching them and i don't scare easily
1: these things aren't exactly relying on cheap uh jump scares all the time uh like some other movies that have been mentioned and i think that's a good thing i i honestly do so i don't know if there's a single moment that scares me in this one but the fact that we go back to sort of what was in the original and you have Michael creeping around a little bit more towards the end of this one. And you know that the characters that most people are cheering for are so close to finding him. But you also know how much danger they're in. Uh, the idea of, you know, knowing he's going to attack, but not knowing when I found that scary.
2: My favorite scene is with um, Jason Alexander getting killed because, again, we kind of figured he was. But how yeah. he <laughs> is is really haunting. He's basically doing a live show and spoiling because the like the, the new sheriff tells him, do not do not tell anyone that Michael is back in town. Of course, he opens his mouth and puts the whole town in a panic. And as everyone, the people are listening to the, over the radio, they hear him like talking about like, oh, Michael is just this oxygenarian and created by, you know, he's some, you know, socialist experiment made by the Democrat. And then you start hearing like choking and over the radio you hear him like screaming and the screaming gets louder and louder the reason being you cut back to his side like and you see michael like cutting at his neck but also pulling at the top and it's stretching out his vocal cords and making the pitch the scream and pitch higher and higher as his head's being removed
0: very chilling like it it's kind of uncomfortable to see because i really love jason alexander But it's also kind of comedic to me because, again, it's Jason Alexander.
2: (laughs) I also love the little moment where like there's a just an armed militia of like these armed men, like Oath Keepers and whatnot. And they're like, we're going to kill Michael in the name of freedom and all that. And they hear like Alexander's character getting brutally murdered over the radio. And they all like one guy throws up and they all just like panic and just flee back into their house and lock the doors
0: what about the music what'd you guys think of the music for this movie
1: they've knocked it out of the park every single one of these movies uh carpenter and his kid and his godson there uh they're fantastic i'm sitting in front of like six different versions of the vinyls of uh 2018 and kills and it just gets even better with ends it almost has that you know sort of end feel again it's not the same but like Return of the Jedi. You listen to the end of that. It's some people don't like it, but it's iconic, and you know the story's coming to an end. Well, uh, this movie kind of has its own take on the Halloween theme towards the end, and it's it's definitely letting you know that things are coming to an end. And I, I dug that, very thematic.
2: I think this is some of Carpenter's best work. Like he he and he and his son and godson really pulled out all the stops for this one. This was a brutal like some points it's brutal like in kills other times it's very synth heavy i also like that one song one song um the shape returns is very reminiscent of like um like your classic uh universal monster movies like it's very like orchestral which is a little out of Carpenter's wheelhouse. But I think he does enough with it with doing a bit of synth to it, that it's a nice little blend of like the classic Universal Monsters meets this 80s slasher genre. It's a nice little marriage of the two.
0: Yeah, that one, it's it's a real earworm. Like it's it's hard to get out of your head once you listen to it. What do you guys think of the final showdown in this movie?
1: I think whatever this a final showdown, your expectations go through the roof. And in terms of like the intensity and the physicality, I don't think it's where uh, Kills was. Um, but I still thought it was satisfying in terms of they, they built it off suspense. Mm-hmm. And we, we got to see Michael vulnerable. And, uh, you know, what did you think of the end?
2: I liked it. It's very it's it's actually kind of funny that it's an even though it's in a warehouse and it's all blazing. I definitely got feels of the original 1931 Frankenstein film where Michael, Laurie and Frank are all just in this blaze. And it's almost like Laurie wants to stay in the fire just to make sure he dies. And keep in mind, Michael's mask is like burned off and now he's like exposed. And this is like, holy shit, we're looking at Michael full face like this is not like covered in a mask it's him like we're seeing his full face and man the makeup effects for for jeju courtney's michael is really damn good
0: right like this does feel very return of the jedi like we've seen his face uh, 2018 it's like you kind of see him without a mask but he moves so quickly that you don't get a clear view of it but this yeah it very much feels like a Holmes and Moriarty thing where it's like the two nemeses kind of have to go down in order for the for the villain to be defeated.
2: Very Reichenbach Falls.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The warehouse burns and it's like everything comes down. And in the aftermath, it's like there's no one there anymore. So it's it's like. I guess the implication is that Michael and Laurie may have died, but I've heard other people theorize that it could be something else. Like, what do you guys think?
1: I mean, for me, it's, it's the, the classic movie thing, you know, we'll see how the movie does at the box office. And even <laughs> though we call this when Halloween ends, uh, if it makes enough money, they tend to go and continue making these things. I mean, look at what said. he said. He started with Halloween five. That's just criminal. <laughs>
2: that ending is kind of like well i kind of wanted a definitive ending but like this is the what the third time we've had lori die i was kind of pulling for her to like complete that arc of not pursuing michael and living with and just raising allison but i think the point was i think she's a little too broken to do that so frank adopts allison to help keep her from being the next lori strode essentially I do like that. I do like that at least Allison is going to be left with the option to, like, break the cycle that has consumed her family. I was kind of hoping that maybe this is just the definitive death of Michael, and I would not be upset if this was the final Halloween movie ever. Like, like Hollywood just decides we're not going to do another Halloween movie anymore. I was like, yeah, this is the night. This is the definitive ending for all of it
0: it does have that vibe and like after this scene we get like the one year later and we see Haddonfield and there are people like trick-or-treating and just partying and the music sounds like like it sounds like the Halloween theme but in a more serene way yeah like the camera just pans up and it just ends like roll credits
2: (laughs) There is one, like a few other things I want to mention. Like there's, like there's been neat little cameos and references to the other movies. But here, I like in the in the police station, there's this um, case file that Laurie looks through, and it has a reference to the Cult of Thorn. I was like, I hate the Cult of Thorn, but that was a neat little out of continuity. <laughs> thing. Um, there's also a reference to Ale- Jason Alexander's podcast where he talks about the news of Stonehenge being stolen, a reference to Halloween three.
0: Oh, yeah. Season of the Witch. <laughs> yeah. With the Cult of Thorn reference, I was like, oh, that's kind of odd. But maybe in this universe, it's like a more grounded Cult of Thorn where it doesn't have the supernatural stuff. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, it's probably just, they probably didn't think about it that hard. And it's just a reference.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, with the way Kills ended, it's kind of hard to not think Michael's supernatural at this point. But yeah. I like the sword stuff personally. Yeah, Even. Uh, though, five
2: also i enjoy the cameo by danielle harris the original jamie lloyd playing that uh uh waitress that michael just bashes her head in in in, in, um, the dumpster in the waffle house scene like that was a that was cool to see harris back in in the uh franchise for the well third time because she was in the rob zombie movies
0: yeah that was something i didn't notice until like after watching the movie and seeing the credits i was like oh that was her Oh, okay. Cuz it's been a while since I've seen her in the Hatchet sequels. But yeah, that was kind of cool. Um yeah. I guess we can go into final thoughts and score out of 10. Uh so uh Sean, what are your final thoughts and score out of 10 for Halloween Ends? I mean,
1: as much as I love these movies, most of them anyway. <laughs> Uh, when you title a movie Halloween Ends, you should probably end it. And this kind of felt like it was way too ambiguous and uh, the door still open. Uh, that aside, the suspense in this movie is great. Uh, there's a little less comedy in this movie than the previous two. All in all, I, I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. But ultimately, uh, you failed to deliver on a promise. Seven and a half burnt jack and, jack-o'-lanterns.
0: Nice. All right, what about you, Mr. Multiverse? I will agree that the ending does feel a little too ambiguous
2: for my taste. I feel like we should have just gotten a definitive ending rather than leave the door open for the possibility of a sequel. Because, yeah, um, Jamie Lee Curtis is not going to do this again. Um, (laughs) She's not going to keep doing this movie again. And Michael will probably be like 70 years old, so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, Michael at 60 is like scary enough, but like there's a point where the suspension of disbelief comes in. But I do think this film deals with trauma and the trauma, not only the lore that Laurie and Allison feel, but everyone around them. I think it handles that pretty well. And also, I'm such a gore hound. There are some just great gore, gore scenes in here. And I'm going to give this eight severed Jason Alexander heads out of 10. <laughs>
0: Yeah I echo those sentiments of the ending being maybe a bit too ambiguous like again like without actually seeing Michael dead and like actual dying like on screen you run into that well like I feel like it's going to be like the Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street things where you put final in the title but it ends up not being the final one so I'm sure like At some point in the future, I don't know if it'll be five years or 10 years or whatever. Like, we'll probably see another iteration of Halloween. I don't know if it'll be in this continuity or an entirely new one, but something, you know, it just feels inevitable at this point. And maybe that's the scariest thing. (laughs) I don't know. All that being said, I feel like I didn't like this as much as our universe's version of Halloween kills, but it was definitely better than Halloween 2018. Uh, so I would give this uh, 7.8 out of 10 butcher knives. Uh, so yeah, I guess that'll do it. Thanks for joining again, Sean, where can people find all your stuff?
1: Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, our main channels, fandom empire, And we just launched a uh, Star Wars channel called Star Wars Fandom.
0: Yeah, nice. And there's lots of Halloween related stuff over on Fandom Empire as well. So people can check that out. Just recently, I took your recommendation of reading those taking shape books like the first one talks about the making of each of the Halloween movies and second ones about the Halloween movies that that were almost made but didn't get made and i'm like more than halfway through that and i've been loving these books that you recommended it took me a year but finally got to them
1: (laughs) they really are a love letter to halloween
0: yeah um all right so thanks again and mr multiverse where can people find all your stuff
2: they can find me on mr multiverse on youtube and i have a patreon called the mr multiverse so go check those out and Please help me financially because I hate my job.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think lots of people can relate to that. As for my plugs, people can follow me at Stephen Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Stephen Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. You can find my fantasy horror comedy novel, Lemons of Mike Rain, on Amazon and go to stevenschinder.com for more info on that. And you can also listen to me and my dad on the podcast Yes Shift, where we talk about the band Yes and its members and whatnot. You can find that on anchor.fm slash Yes Shift and find all the platforms we're on. Email podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of Halloween franchise in general. Um, Always very curious about people's different takes. And next episode, um, I know that in this universe, Thor Love and Thunder comes out soon. And I also have a couple other ideas, so we'll see which one comes next. But uh, without further delay, have a good day. <laughs>
1: Da 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 da